Whenever I was 15 years old, I knelt down by my bed one night to pray. I knelt down not to thank God for the blessings of the day. No, that night I knelt down with a noose in my hand. I knelt down to tell God that if he exists, then he can go straight to hell. I knelt down to tell him that if he didn't end my life then and there, I was going to do it myself. See, I grew up in a household where I was exposed to repeated abuse and negligence. A household that was filled with outbursts of violence, especially in the earliest years. A household where my father paraded his many affairs in front of all of our faces as if they were badges of honor to him. A household where my lovely mother nearly drank herself to death on several occasions just to try to cope with all of it. I grew up in a household where my little brother and I fell asleep countless nights on tear-soaked pillows. Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I knelt down that night to pray with a noose in my hands. I told God how much I hated him, just how much he had failed me, just how much he had failed my whole family. Where was he? when I needed him the most? Where was he when the power kept getting shut off? Where was he when the cupboards were empty and our stomachs grumbled? Where was he? All of those nights that I awoke to the sound of my father's fist striking my mother's face. Where was he when my heart went completely numb to life? Where was he when I slowly and painfully went completely dead on the inside? Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. As I knelt there with that noose clenched tightly in my fist and tears streaming down my face, cursing God, something profoundly mysterious happened. I can't really explain it. What's that great line from Forrest Gump? Lieutenant Dan asks Forrest, where the hell is this God of yours? And what did Forrest say? It's funny that Lieutenant Dan said that, because right then, God showed up. My friends, I have no words, but I'm going to try. So I went from kneeling next to my bed, clenching that noose in my hand, cursing God in the darkness, the blackness of night, in one moment to immediately waking up on the floor in the spot where I was kneeling the following morning, the very next moment. I blinked, and it literally instantly went from night to day, evening to morning. I blinked, and I went from crying to waking up. The entire night mysteriously vanished within the blink of an eye, a split second, God had stilled my hand by taking that night that I was going to end myself. He took it away from me. And I know I didn't fall asleep. I didn't pass out. I literally went from lashing out at God with one breath to waking up with the very next breath. As crazily miraculous as that sounds, that really wasn't the real miracle. The real miracle was the strange feeling that I had deep down inside of my chest as I picked myself up off the floor and as I tried to process what had just happened. 
This feeling that I had inside my chest was a feeling that I knew in my early childhood but had long since forgotten. Joy. I felt pure joy for the first time in years. My tears of despair were transformed into tears of joy within the blink of an eye. My darkness was turned into day in the blink of an eye. And I wondered, what kind of God is this who can transcend time, who can turn a heart of stone into a heart of flesh? And looking back on it all now, 28 years later, I can't help but ask, what kind of God is this who can completely heal my mother's heart? What kind of God is this who can turn a one-time negligent, abusive father into the type of grandfather whose grandchildren cry when he leaves because they love him so much? Sorry, what kind of God is this? Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Whenever I was 16 years old, I took my then-girlfriend to church one night. The First Baptist Church in town was having their annual Easter play, and yes, it was every bit as lame as it sounds. (laughs) Even though I'd come to believe in God because of that miraculous night, when I was 15, I still didn't know how to name this God or name the relationship I had with this God. You see, I hadn't grown up in church and I never really saw a need for it. But my girlfriend at that time, she was super duper into church. So I figured that if this relationship was going to last, I'd better get with the program and go to church and at least pretend like I like it, right? But here's the thing. This Easter play, it was the first time, the first time I'd ever heard the story about Jesus. And as these Baptist thespians passionately acted their hearts out, or tried to at least, a cataclysmic shift started to rumble within me. It was far more than just the mere feeling of joy this time. I felt like I was finally waking up, like all the way up to my life. To put it in the words of that great 14th century mystic, Richard Roll, a fire of love started to burn within me. But it was the end of the play that was the best part, my friends. It was the scene that came right after the crucifixion and resurrection, and Jesus was giving the great commission to the disciples. And the actor who was playing Jesus was wearing a white sequined robe because, you know, nothing says heavenly glory like sparkling sequins. Just as soon as sparkly Jesus said these words, Behold, I am with you always. Even to the end of the age, he lifted his hands toward the sky, and to the audience's amazement, he started to float up to the ceiling, magically. Then in midair, the lights in the sanctuary were cut. It was just black, making all of the Southern Baptist gray hairs gasp with delight. It was the most epic, churchy mic drop moment of all time. All time. Note to self, ideas for Feast of the Ascension. (laughs) Oh, that'll get me fired. Anyways, what those of us in the audience didn't know 
was that sequined Jesus was attached to some cables and a pulley system, and that some youths backstage were the ones who had hoisted him heavenwards, right? And the funny thing was that the following year, Jesus's glorious robe, it actually got caught in the cables, and it caused him to hang there in midair sideways like a flag at half mass. <laughs> and the more he tried to desperately free himself, untangle himself, the more awkward it became for all of us to watch. Like, what's with this guy? He can rise from the grave, but he can't find appropriate vestments for the ascension. Yeah, that's a... Yeah, Baptists. <laughs> uh, behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Those were the words that not only echoed throughout the room that night, those were the words that enveloped my entire being. In that exact moment, in the darkness of that sanctuary, in the silence after the gasps were done, I knew that this God that I had come to know the year before had a name, Jesus. This joy that had been restored to me in my darkest hour was not just a feeling, it was the very presence of this Christ. Where was God during all of those years when I had suffered, when my family was broken, when my heart was dashed to bits, when I was completely dead on the inside, when I cried myself to sleep countless nights? Where was God? Right there. Right there, all along, the entire time, suffering with me, suffering within me, being broken within me, feeling dead within me, weeping with me. My tears were his tears, my heartache, his heartache, my Hades, his Hades, my Gehenna, his Gehenna. For the cross I had been bearing all of my life was the very cross he ascended Golgotha with. There's no duality there whatsoever. The hell that I had known all of my life was the hell that he descended into and was now ripping me out of. There is no duality there. My own sin that had pierced me through was the sin that pierced his hands and his feet. Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. As Melito has said, the Lord made advance preparation for his own suffering in the patriarchs and in the prophets and in the whole people. Whole includes you and me. Thus, if you wish to see the mystery of the Lord, look at Abel, who is likewise slain, at Isaac, who is likewise tied up, at Joseph, who is likewise traded, at Moses, who is likewise exposed, at David, who is likewise hunted down, at the prophets, who likewise suffer for the sake of Christ. If you wish to see the mystery of the Lord, look at the sheep slaughtered in the land of Egypt. If you wish to see the mystery of the Lord, of the Lord, my friends. See him suffering in your suffering. See him broken in your brokenness. See his tears in your tears. See him pierced through with your affliction. See him wounded in your woundedness. See him descending into your hell. See him forsaken in your every feeling of God forsakenness. See him dying your death. And in the blink of an eye, 
that morning star will arise in your heart. See him dying and you're dying and you will see yourself rising in his rising. Behold the cross. See the mystery of the Lord in your own life. And soon enough, you will hear that stone over your heart rolling away. And you will watch as that damn noose falls to the ground. And then, and only then, will you come to understand this truth. That Christ is no longer in his tomb. And neither are you. Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age.